if you've listened to us before, you know that Jane and I, we spend almost every day sitting very close to each other in the library staff room. And our rule is we cannot talk to each other about the book. We got to save it mm. for the podcast. But yeah. Jane has been cheating a little bit because she's been making faces at me. And I know that she doesn't love this book. Our Marion Libraries podcast, where we talk about anything literary and literary anything. I'm Jane. I'm Paula. It's, and we're here. It's December. It's Christmas finally. Oh. After six months of me saying it's almost Christmas. <laughs> and now it actually now it is. is. <laughs> and we're actually here, which at the beginning or at the mm. end of last week, we didn't think we were going to. And I was worried about the quality of the podcast because yeah. Jane was going to have to. We okay, So for people who maybe don't know, mm. if you're not in Australia, Adelaide went into hard lockdown really quickly one day, um, Wednesday last yeah. week. Well, anyway, it's not going to mean anything to you because yeah. we're <laughs> It's in the future now. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, we went into hard lockdown and I took all the podcast equipment yeah. home. We were going to do it remotely yeah, from Jane each other. Was, Jane was going to have to phone it in and I was thinking, <laughs> oh, the quality's going to be bad. Our kids would have been noisy. Yes. We've got pets at home. Yes. All sorts would all have been. All of that. You would have found out too much about us. <laughs> TMI about <laughs> Jane and Paula's life. So... This is good. This is our comfort zone, so this is better. Yes. Yeah, we've got our stuff. We've yeah. set up. <laughs> We're in our We're usual spot. <laughs> yeah. Um, we read The Midnight Library by Matt Haig this month. Yes, and I just want to right up front put a trigger warning mm-hmm. um, because there is um, discussion of suicide in this book. So if that is not something you want to hear about, then I will put in the show notes the time that you can skip to when we stop talking about the Midnight Library. Yep. Good one. Yeah. Um, so this is written by Matt Haig. He is English. He lives in Sussex with his wife and kids. Um, it's well. T- he's written loads and loads of books. He's quite prolific. Um, but it's well documented that he's suffered from a major depressive disorder, um, which um, you'll you obviously see the influence of in this book. Mm. Uh, he's written across several genres. He's written non-fiction, adult fiction, children's fiction, sold over three million copies, uh, three, three million copies of his books worldwide. And I just wanted to mention, because it's unusual for an author to write so diversely, mm. I feel like, um, and I'm just going to read a couple of very short one-liners about some of his other books just to give you a flavour of... The diversity. Yeah, sounds good. Um, so he's written The Last Family in England, which retells Shakespeare's Henry IV Part One with dogs as the protagonists. <laughs> he's written Dead Father's Club, which is based on Hamlet, uh, telling the story of an introspective 11-year-old dealing with the recent death of his father mm. uh, and the subsequent appearance of his father's ghost. He's written a vampire novel called The Radleys. Uh, The Humans is a story of an alien who takes the identity of a university lecturer whose work in mathematics threatens the stability of the planet and who must also cope with the home life which accompanies his task. He's written How to Stop Time, which is a novel about a man who appears to be 40 but has in fact lived for more than 400 years and has met Shakespeare, Captain Cook, F. Scott Fitzgerald, Hmm. and that one, How to Stop Time, has actually been optioned as a um, film with Benedict Cumberbatch. 
um, well, I can apparently see Benedict attached. Cumberbatch in something yeah. like that. I can just see so that. So he's mm. been apparently attached to um, the film adaptation of that. Um, and his book, his children's book, A Boy Called Christmas, has um, been made into a live-action movie for Netflix. So really... I mean, and that's only just a couple of his books. He's written tons of books. Yeah, because the one that I felt like um, he was, it seemed to me from my brief research that he was best known for is his memoir, um, Reasons to Stay Alive, mm, yeah. um, which is obviously about his um, bout with depression and, and suicide. And then also Notes on a Nervous Planet yeah. um, was the other one. So, and I, I don't know if you checked on those books, but I checked on these ones, mm-hmm. um, including How to Stop Time, and they're yeah. all available in the One Card Systems. So yeah. if any of those sound interesting to you, um, head to our catalog and have a look for them. Yeah, mm. definitely. Mm. Um, so, yeah, and he's written horror books, all sorts. It's really Yes, um, you're right. I, you don't unusual. often see that. That's mm. very diverse. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm. Um, so that's that's um, Matt Haig. So I've got a little bit of a blurb here. But oh, good, yeah. Do you want me to yeah, read that do out? That. Okay. Mm. So I've cut and pasted this from the... Uh, where did I get this? Penguin Random House. They sometimes do like reading notes for books. So this is their little blurb from it. Somewhere out beyond the edge of the universe, there is a library that contains an infinite number of books, each one the story of another reality. One tells the story of your life as it is, along with another book for the, for the other life you could have lived if you had made a different choice at any point in your life. While we all wonder how our lives might have been, what if you had the chance to go to the library and see for yourself? Would any of these other lives truly be better? In the Midnight Library, Matt Haig's enchanting new novel, Nora Seed finds herself faced with this decision. Faced with the possibility of exchanging her life for an alternate one, following a different career, undoing old breakups, realising her dreams of becoming a glaciologist, she must search within herself as she travels through the Midnight Library to decide what is truly fulfilling in life and what makes it worth living in the first place. Nora's story is as challenging as it is life-affirming and in the process of seeing all of the ways it, it could have gone, she has come to value the life she lived for herself all the more. But her journey raises big questions about what we value in ourselves, in our relationships and in our successes and failures, big and small. As the story winds through Nora's alternate lives, we're naturally drawn to ask the same question about our own lives that she ex- she's exploring in hers. So that's the blurb mm. kind of thing. It doesn't really tell. We'll go through what actually happens in the book in a minute, but mm. that's the blurb. Mm. Um, this is sci-fi fantasy, mm-hmm. which I think is not either of our usual genres. Yeah, I do. I really like fantasy, but I'm quite particular about okay. the types of fantasy I read. Right. I don't usually read fantasy at all. Do you think it lends a little bit to magical realism a little bit or is it it's probably too much um, yeah. I think it's too much fantasy yeah, to be, to be called that really isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I felt like it was firmly in the fantasy mm-hmm. um, genre. And Jane and I have talked um, to each other about how we choose our books and mm-hmm. one of the things that um, we both do is we pick up the book and look at the first few lines and decide what we think of it. And the first line of this book is 19 years before she decided to die, Nora Seed sat in the warmth of the small library at Hazeldean School in the town of Bedford. Mm-hmm. And usually when the protagonist's full name appears in the first line of a book, mm-hmm. I put it aside. Oh, do you? <laughs> I do not like that. I feel like it's really old, hacky, 
just oh. it really yeah I don't know if it's because <laughs> when I was in grade four we had an assignment where we had to write a book mm-hmm. and I nerdily super got into it of course. and I started my um, book with um, with her long hair swaying in the wind <laughs> Julie so-and-so walked slowly home and I just like when I look back and I think oh god Paula just <laughs> you're only nine I know but for some reason that always puts me off of a book if the <laughs> protagonist's whole name so is the first line because of yourself yeah I don't know <laughs> tell me if anyone else feels like that please let us know but um but it didn't put me off of this one mm-hmm. because I feel like it's tempered by the 19 years before she decided to die which is yeah, so it's jarring intriguing. it's yeah, yeah it's intriguing mm, yeah so yeah it didn't put me off. <laughs> do we want to run through what happens in the yeah, book? Yeah, let's yeah. do that. Sure. Um, the the other thing, though, I sh- I'll say is that the tone of this book surprised mm-hmm. me. Yeah. It almost seemed like why uh, teen fiction, mm. and even or even children's fiction at yeah. various points. Not the whole thing, um, but I feel like ne- knowing that Matt Haig writes children's fiction. Yeah. I, I can see that. I found the tone to be. Um, um, challenging, I think, through this book because it felt quite young at some point, but then it quite felt quite formal and old. Ah. Like some of the phrases that were used and the way some of the conversations were um, had, it just, I don't know, it was a bit um, odd. Mm, okay. You couldn't get it, you know, the fact that she's 35 in the book, Nora's 35 years old. Yes. She seemed so much younger than that. Interesting. Mm. Right. But then she sounded like an old lady sometimes <laughs> in the way that she spoke to people. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We talk about, uh, we've talked uh, on the podcast about dialogue ringing true and how important that is. Yeah. Mm. Mm. But yeah, let's talk about what happens. So it starts off that Nora is having a super bad day. Mm-hmm. Um, she finds out her cat has died. Um, then she gets fired. Her brother isn't talking to her. She's out of touch with her best friend. Um, Various people are upset with her for various reasons. And because of this very bad day, she decides to end her life. Yeah. And she wakes up in the Midnight Library. And there is a librarian there who's sort of a reincarnation of Mrs. Elm, who is the librarian from her school days um, when she was having a really hard time and Mrs. Elm was kind to her. Um, so she's kind of Mrs. Elm, but kind of not. Um, and as I was reading this, I could already see this as a movie. Mm. And then as it turns out in September, um, it was announced that this has been optioned by Studio Canal oh, to become a movie. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Along with those other um, yeah, books that you mentioned. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel like this lends itself really well to um, becoming a movie. Um, so Mrs. Elm explains that each of the books in the library is the story of her life after a different a different choice that she's made, and she shows her the book of regrets. Um, these are all the book all the regrets that she's had in her life, uh, big and small, um, and it's quite um, upsetting to Nora to be confronted with this entire book just filled with all the regrets of her life and I just thought I'd mention some of them um not marrying Dan and opening a little pub in the English countryside um not pursuing a career as an Olympic swimmer giving up on music and the rock band she had with her brother and his friend 
not becoming glaciologist and not taking better care of her cat. These are sort of the main um, regrets mm. that she um, is initially concerned with yeah. in the book. Yeah. Um, so what she can do is choose a regret, and then Mrs. Elm, the librarian, will find the corresponding book. Um, and if she finds a life um, that she likes well enough, then she'll just end up living there forever. And if not, as soon as she feels disappointment, she'll come back and end up in the Midnight Library again. Um, so for her first regret, she chooses uh, not marrying Dan. So she gets Mrs. Elm to get the book where of her, of her marrying Dan. And as she starts to read it, everything shifts, and then she finds herself in that yeah. life. She's just transported into, just plonked into this um, new life. Yes. So I guess, you know, this discussion about sort of parallel universes and, you know, this is the assumption that all of these books are parallel universes in, in a way, and she's just plonked into this, um, replaces herself, I guess, in, in this alternate life. Um, so everybody assume everybody knows her and sort of, but she's a stranger to herself. If that makes sense, yeah. And she's got to work out who people she's are. She's got to wing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. She doesn't know. You know, people are talking to her. She has no idea who they are, and she's just winging it. Yeah, or she's, she's supposed to be it. doing a, you know, work that, you know, she has no idea what she's doing, or play a song or whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, and uh, again, I can just see the movie of mm. this. I think that, yeah, that would be compelling to see um, portrayed on screen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she discovers the quaint little pub in the countryside, and there's Dan, and she's like, oh, we did it. You mm. know, here it is. Um, but of course, it turns out that Dan isn't quite as she remembers him, and uh, as you do, sometimes you gloss over people, especially if you feel regret over um, breaking up with them, you kind of see them through rose-colored glasses. Um, and that's what she's been doing, because in actual fact, he's a bit alcoholic, and he's quite mm. jealous, and he's controlling, and then it turns out he's unfaithful. Yeah, he's not a nice guy. Nah, yeah. No, no good, no good. <laughs> and it, it, it later on, he shows up in, in her mm. other lives as well, and he's never good, is he? He's no. just He's a stalker in yeah. one of them. and <laughs> <laughs> So she quickly ends uh, back up at the library mm. again. Yeah. Well, and that automatically happens as soon as she feels true disappointment in in this parallel life, then she's straight back to the Midnight Library. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so she ends up back there and and then starts going through her other lives um, based on the regrets that she's had, some of which I've mentioned. And there's always something that mm. disappoints her. For example, her brother is dead, or her cat dies anyway and was always going to, or her best friend is dead, or, yeah. you know, et cetera, mm. et cetera. So um, then there's a point where they, she and Mrs. Elm travel back to, I think the chapter's called The River. Yeah. And yeah. it, um, th it's sort of she and Mrs. Elm are standing watching this event that happened in her childhood where she I think she's drunk and she's with her friends and somebody dares her to swim across this mm. river yeah and she gets to the middle point and it's like you know she doesn't know if she could she can 
um, make it to the other side, but she also doesn't know if she can go back. Mm. Um, and it's kind of this pivotal moment. And I just mention it because it, I found it very sort of um, Christmas Carol Scroogey. Oh. It totally reminded yeah. me of that, where there, she's watching her older self is watching her mm. younger self from another time yeah. together with Mrs. Elm who's sort of by her side commenting on this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and the other thing that this uh, reminded me of the whole going in and out of um, lives mm. was um, the time traveler's wife. Yeah. D- I've got you? that in my notes oh, too. Oh, do you? That's yeah. so funny. Yeah. Um, that's one of my favorite books. Me too. I love, love, love that book. Me too. Um, it really, the way that she had to get, go into her life and figure out mm. who was who and all that. I really liked, I, I liked that and I liked it for the same reason I liked it in uh, The Time Traveler's yeah. Wife. So eventually she realizes that all the regrets that she has um, generally are everyone else's dreams yep. and not hers. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I loved that realization that she had. Um, and at one point um, they list all the lives that, she's had like in quite a perfunctory way she yeah. was this she was this she was this she was this and I was just thinking if this were me I think that my lives would be much less varied and much more boring well <laughs> <laughs> I had a sandwich for, <laughs> for lunch instead yeah. of the rice yeah that's right I feel like it'd be that <laughs> but in one of the lives she is married to Ash who mm-hmm. is the man who in her um, root life they call it mm-hmm. um um, tells her that her cat is dead. Um, but in this life, um, she marries him and he's a surgeon and they have a daughter called Molly. And I love, you know, talking about her trying to figure out um, mm. who people are. This was maybe my favorite one of those where she ends up in this life and she's confronted with this little girl and she realizes it's her daughter. Yeah. And she plays this really cute, ga- she comes up with this ingenious way of trying to figure out um what's going on in her life with Molly um, because Molly's upset because she's had a bad dream. So she says, okay, let's play a game where I ask you questions to things that I already know, but you just tell me the Mm. answer. And that's how she's like, what's your name? What does daddy do? Does he, uh, do do we seem happy? (laughs) Where do we live? That's right. She gets all this information out of her daughter and in the process calms her daughter down from her, from her nightmare. Um, And in that point, she also feels I think love true um love in a in the way that you love your children she she's confronted by this full body experience of so much love that it hurts yeah um and that was a turning point for her too and this book was the moment that she felt that connection with someone else she she felt loved and she felt loved for someone else yeah because it was it's interesting that she said um she says that in most of her lives she's not a mother Mm. um but in this life the one that yes she feels the least alone yeah um is the one that she feels she because at some point she starts to feel herself being pulled back to the library Mm. and she desperately doesn't want to go she wants to stay yeah yeah but she does end up um, leaving um, and um, going back to her root life and appreciating it um, yeah. for all the experiences she had with um, her other lives. So last month when we when we announced that this was our book for this month, we said we wanted something a bit 
more chilled out, a bit more um, easy to read. We've done some hard going books the last few months. Um, do you think that that this book was an easy read? Was it a nice, comforting read? Definitely. I have that in my notes too, that mm-hmm. this is definitely not literary fiction. It's definitely genre fiction. Yeah. Um, and that is just what I needed after mm. Burnt Sugar. Yeah. I wanted something, yeah. Nice. Exactly, yeah, nice. <laughs> and, we, and we got what we asked for. We did. Um, I didn't love this book. I know. And it's okay. You, if you've listened to us before, you know that Jane and I, we spend almost every day sitting very close to each other in the library staff room, and our rule is we cannot talk to each other about the book. we got to save it mm. for the podcast. But yeah. Jane has been cheating a little bit <laughs> because she's been making faces at me, and I know that she doesn't love this book. <laughs> so go on, Jane. Tell us. Tell us what it is that you didn't like. Um, it was... I found this book difficult because I don't love being how do I say this I don't love being smacked across the face with the lessons you need to learn Mm. in life and I found this book to do that a little bit it was very obvious very early on in the book that you know she was going to go through millions of different lives you know she was never going to find what she needed until she found that you know true connection to others and love and stop living out other people's dreams and it was just um i i didn't like that aspect of it it's a bit trite a, yeah a bit saccharine and a mm. bit um too sweet right um i i noticed that on goodreads this this has been chosen for goodreads 2020 best um fiction oh, it's one of the books people love this book the comments are overwhelmingly positive oh and there's thousands like yeah thousands, tens of thousands of comments and reviews and ratings and and things on goodreads yeah. but i did notice that of the people who didn't like it it's largely for the reason that you just said. Mm. So you're not alone. Oh, there's, there's a few of us. <laughs> <laughs> um, I f- yeah, I, it was fine. But I, th- I think I put it in that sort of life-affirming genre of books. And I've got a couple of others here that I would put in the same category. So choose those with Maury. Oh, yes. Eat, Pray, Love, mm. The Five People You Meet in Heaven. Oh, very much. Those are the kind of books that um, I would categorise with. Yes, I just don't like being smacked in the face with a deeper meaning so obviously. Right. Um, That's funny because I feel like normally I would probably agree with you, but for yeah. some reason I think um, the the wondering what the, her next life was going to be like, mm. um, I, I really enjoyed. So that other stuff, it, that wasn't why I liked it. That yeah. whole, oh, now I understand that you've got to... <laughs> you know, uh, appreciate your life and all that kind of stuff. I just liked it for the sheer fantasy aspect of what's this life going to be like? What's what's going to happen yeah. here? Yeah, And that's why I've, I've put in my notes the time traveller's wife as well because I think if, if, if that's the aspect of this book that appeals to you, I think you will get more from something like the time traveller's wife right. than you would from this. Yeah, definitely the time traveller's wife. It's definitely an adult fiction book. It's, yeah. it's not... This is, like I say, the tone seems a bit yeah. teen fiction. Yeah. Um, and, and The Time Traveler's Wife is very much an adult book. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, the authors really treaded, tread a very fine line between being too saccharine and it being an interesting story. Um, 
Mm. I just I felt in two minds about it the whole time. Of like some of the chapters, like, oh, <laughs> come on, you know, learn your lesson. Let's get to the next one. Let's tick <laughs> that regret off and go to the next one. But then sometimes, you know, when she was, uh, for instance, what was what's a good example? Probably when, maybe when she was the Olympic swimmer and she was supposed to. She jumped into that life and she was just about to give a keynote speech at a big conference. Oh, you know, I wanted a little bit more more from that i wanted to know how she lived her life how she you know um like her day-to-day yeah how she worked it out how did she get on with you know conversing with people that she had no idea who they were and Mm. how did she do her big speech and Mm. you know i it just just didn't give me enough of the story i just felt the lessons and i'm doing the things the The lessons were um the priority in the uh, storyline okay. and that annoyed me a little bit. I see. I think um, – and I felt – I've read Tuesdays with Maureen. I think I've read – I haven't eat, read Eat, Pray, Love and I've read The Five People We Meet in Heaven and I felt exactly the same way about those as I did this. It was just a bit sort of I know these things already. Right. I know we need to appreciate life and we need to live without regret and find connection with others and mm. love and be loved and, you know – <laughs> and then there was, I mean, you mentioned it before, you know, that she um, lived all those lives and the author sort of almost listed them yeah. out. It was f- it was five, I counted it this morning, five pages of... Oh, was it really? Yeah, it was wow. five pages of, um, you know, then she was a scientist and then she was a swimmer and then she was a <laughs> chef and then she was a gardener and then she was this... I, was just, I, I literally just skim read that bit. <laughs> Talk <just> about an <laughs> info dump. That yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's definitely not as skillful a book as uh, Time Traveler's Wife. Mm. But I don't know, something about it just charmed me. Yeah, it is a charming, it's a comforting, charming book. Yeah, just little things like um, when she would end up in a life and then she her body would feel differently depending yeah, on I what life. Yeah, I liked that aspect. Yeah, that was she good. was in, because, like, for example, when she's the Olympic swimmer, she could feel herself, mm. she was powerful and strong. And she could do proper push-ups yeah. and with no worries <laughs> yeah <laughs> i just thought wow how cool would that be yeah <laughs> i yeah i like the premise of it yes more than the actual yeah and that's why we chose it based on yeah. the premise of it yeah um, yeah um i think if you're looking for something life-affirming and inspire inspiring um you know in the whole living life without regret i think you'll get more from something like untamed by glennon Nor- glennon doyle mm. Um, which we both read recently. So, I mean, I, I kind of divide the book into if you're after life-affirming stuff, then there's probably better things to read. Mm. If you're after, like, the um, the fantasy aspect of it, mm. then there's probably other... So, basically, you don't, <laughs> you'd steer people away from this book <laughs> regardless. Look, honestly, I'm <laughs> clearly in the minority because... <laughs> You know, I've I've hardly read any reviews where people don't rave about this mm. book. Um, it was easy to read, and it was yeah, it was a gentle, comforting book. Yes, a diversion <laughs> from real life, which is a bit hard at the moment. That's true. So that's, if that's true. What you want this yeah. is true. Yeah, I mean, this would be a great book. It's a big good um, readers group book, yes. possibly if your group is into discussing how the book you know, applies to your own life and are into that sort of discussion rather than discussing the merits of the actual book, but you like to take the themes and apply them to 
your group and mm. and discussing life a little bit more, then this would be a great book for launching those sorts of conversations. Do you think you'd be you'll be seeing the movie? <laughs> I actually think it would be quite a good movie. Yeah, I, I think it would be a really be good a, movie. I think yeah, a bit sliding doors. Yes, a bit sliding doors with some. I don't know why I want to say Mr. Emporium's... What, what's that one oh, with Dustin Mr. Hoffman? Oh, Mr. Mr. Magic Emporium. <laughs> I don't know why I think that. I haven't but just seen the, that. I, yeah, the look of it, I feel like... I don't know. Yeah, I'm thinking something like that. You've obviously got a very visual idea in your head of what the li- Midlight Library looks like. Uh, yes, and also the parts when like the library would drop away and she'd yeah. go into her life. I just feel like having that realised on screen mm. would be really satisfying. I picture the Midnight Library in my head. Do you know, Do you remember, I don't remember which Harry Potter movie it is, but it's oh. the one where they've got all the, is it the memories in the smoky balls? Oh, okay. Do you remember that? I bit? haven't watched the Harry there's Potter the scene, movies. Some of our listeners will know, but there's this scene, they've got all these mad like memory balls with smoke-filled, this is ridiculous, no, these smoke-filled, <laughs> smoke-filled glass balls on these like, infinite tall shelves and it's dark and it's a bit sci-fi-ish looking. Right. That's in my head what the library looked like. It was a bit sci-fi-ish. Right. clean lines. It wasn't very library-ish. Oh, see, I imagined it as a proper library because didn't she say the books were all green? Yeah. All different shades of green. Yeah. So I pictured it almost kind of Mortlock library, which is a library in Adelaide. I didn't even Um, think it was just this weird black clean oh. line shelves no i was like you no know, it's a proper like library space or something it's like dark mahogany shelves with like the sort of glowy lighting yeah, brass exactly what you light mean. fixtures those lamps that are green yes yeah. that's right yeah <laughs> <laughs> totally oh and the other kind of f- funny thing was that that uh, there were there were other people i didn't even mention this but there are other people not mm. just nora who are i think they, they call them sliders yeah um and she meets hugo um, See, that was a really interesting bit. Yeah. And that would have been cool to delve into that sort of, you know, who are the other sliders? Yeah, because he talks about yeah. being able to work out when he recognises another yeah. slider. And it would have been cool if we'd seen Nora recognise another one right. in one of her lives. And But w- what I thought was interesting that was for Hugo, it wasn't a library. It was a video store. Yeah. And they talk about how for other people it's – I can't remember what the uh, other one was. There was a restaurant, yeah, I think. Yeah, and you yeah. order different meals. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I liked that. And I liked the idea that if this were me, mine would definitely be a library. Yeah, mine would 100% be <laughs> a library. Obviously. Yeah, that was one of the reader's questions. It was such a no-brainer. It's like, well, we'd Obviously. both say library. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very meta episode of our yeah. podcast, library podcast about a library. <laughs> Um, now, I haven't read anything else this month. How no. bad's that? I know. Neither have I. <laughs> Been a busy month. We've I tried, had a lot on. I tried to listen to um, the audiobook version of The Motion of a Body Through Space. Oh, yes. Lionel Shriver's. Yeah. And um, I gave up on it because I didn't like the reader. It makes such it a difference, It does make such a it? difference. And it was funny. I was joking with one of the staff members here that um, – in the book, that's her job is as an audiobook reader, and she's amazing oh. at it. So it's kind of ironic that who was it that was reading it? Just I don't a know who it was. Person. It was her voice was fine. It was just that when she would do her male voice, that annoyed oh. me because she'd kind of go like this, and it just like ugh, yeah. I don't know, didn't like it. And once it. you get it in your head that you don't like it, yeah, it's it, all over. It, it is. It yeah. just was. I could not put it 
I could not put it past me and it was mm. just, yeah, so I gave up. Well, I didn't even attempt to do <laughs> any other reading. Sorry. But we've got heaps of news. and Yes, yes. tell us. So um, first I thought I would mention, if you hadn't heard, that Shuggy Bain was the winner of the 2020 uh, Booker Prize. And so that's the novel by Douglas Stewart, who is Scottish. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, so not Burnt Sugar, not our book, but no. um, Shuggy Bain. So that sounds really good. It's based in, in Glasgow, Um in the 80s, I think. So, yeah. Um, how well do you know Pete Evans? Um, the... Celebrity chef. Yeah, who's had a little controversy yeah, lately. Yeah, he's kind of gone off the deep end, it I seems never a watched, bit. I never watched whatever that show was called. Me neither. Um, so he's never been, and the whole paleo thing's never been my bag. Same. So I'm not attached to him No, me neither. Way. I really don't know very much about him at all. Um, but what's happened recently is he put a post on Instagram that appeared to include a pro-Nazi mm-hmm. uh, symbol. symbol. Yeah. And when somebody kind of mentioned it, he said, I was waiting for somebody to see that. And yeah, so the first thing that happened was um, uh, the supermarket giants that he's affiliated with, Kohl's, Target, Kmart, Woolworths, all said that they're pulling mm-hmm. their products from his... Yeah. Um, oh, sorry, his products from their shelves. Yeah, which includes his books as well. Yep, yep. and all his food stuff. Um, and then Pan McMillan jumped on and said mm. they're um, cutting Pan, ties. Yeah, Pan McMillan put out a statement that was quite um, brutal, really. Basically, oh. they said we're, we're renegotiating, renegotiating his contract and we'll not be continuing a relationship with him or something like that. So mm. basically, he's been dumped by his publisher as well, which is pretty... Big. Big. I mean, that would be big money we're talking about oh, here yeah. with all this. Yeah. Um, Dimmix jumped on, mm-hmm. said they're pulling all his books um, from the yeah. shelves. And initially, it seemed that he apologized to, quote, anyone who misinterpreted, mm. unquote, the post, yeah. which seems disingenuous based on him initially saying I was waiting for someone yeah. to see that. Yeah. Um, and then it seemed like he doubled down and was like, yeah. oh, I'm not, am I supposed to scrutinize every cartoon and know mm. what every symbol means? I mean, ugh, come on. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it was swift, the, um, the cancellation of Pete Evans in regards to his um, contracts, wasn't it? It, I mean, was, it was, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to me when, when bookstores pull authors, controversial authors' books from their shelves. I mean, they don't have the same um, um, obligation that some where like libraries have mm. where we're, you know, non, non, non-judgmental, we don't censor, mm. you know, because, I mean, there's lots and lots and lots of authors that have done terrible things. Or yeah, what. we talked about this last month with yeah, J.K. Rowling. That's right. Mm. So it's interesting to me when someone like Dimmix will pull the books from their shelves um and it's probably a little bit cynical of me but is it is it um is it publicity or is it Mm. a genuine um we don't agree with what is he says i just yeah yeah might be a bit of both probably yeah it's different for a commercial enterprise like that that's right as opposed to the library yeah um, the other thing I wanted to mention was, have you heard of um, a book that's come out just last month of Olive, Mabel and Me by Andrew Carter? No. Okay. It's based on this um, Scottish in- international sports commentator, apparently very well known. 
um, lost his job during COVID, of course, because all the sporting events um, were canceled. So he started um, comment commentating his dogs doing really sort of oh, really funny. yeah or, or like regular things like <laughs> eating their breakfast and <laughs> it's like go and look at it on youtube because it's just really delightful <laughs> he's so good at it um obviously because he's a professional mm. sportscaster but then like yeah like the comments he makes about his dogs i, I can't do it justice it's, <laughs> it's fabulous it's very much if you want something to just put a smile on your face mm. go onto youtube and and watch that and now he's got a book um that's called all of mabel and me about how he, he so what yeah what happened was he posted this um first one of the dogs eating breakfast and it just went viral people absolutely loved it so he kept going and doing more and more and now his dogs Oliver and Mabel are super famous and Aww. um and so yeah he wrote a book about it oh yeah about the dogs about the dogs and what happened and oh, I oh okay uh, well, hold on in his book all of Mabel and me Andrew gives a commentary of a different kind as he tells the heartwarming story of life with his dogs this is the complete account of their rise to internet stardom and how walking and climbing in the mountains helps them all find peace joy and happiness away from the hectic world of the media wow Doesn't I mean that that's sound? a well I don't know <laughs> Oh, no, Jane, you're such a sick. Is it too much after Midnight Library's been hammering you over the I head mean, with Appreciate Your Life? That's a fairly thin premise to write an entire book on, oh, would you think? I, I, you watch the videos first okay. and then see. And plus, he's got a gorgeous Scottish I'm sure accent. they're gorgeous dogs. And, and they're I'm gorgeous sure it's dogs. Funny. Yeah, it's just there's so much to love. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, um, it's available in our catalogue as an e-book and a regular book. Maybe I'll borrow it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, shall I talk about what's coming yep. out this yes, month? Yes, please. I'm being mean this month. <laughs> you are. What's happened? <laughs> Usually I'm the mean one about the books. <laughs> Just, you know, keeping it fresh. <laughs> <laughs> keeping it real. <laughs> um, so there's a few interesting things out this month. We've got, um, where will I start? I'll start here. Um, do you know the podcast Stuff You Should Know? Yes. They have got a book out. Josh Clark and Chuck Bryant have got a book coming out um, this month. Um, they started their podcast back in 2008, so oh, wow. it's been going for ages. It's amazing how many books are coming out based on podcasts. Yeah, mm. I mean, you know, cash in while you can, I Absolutely, say. yeah. Like the uh, dog story. Why when not? are we going to do not? our book? <laughs> can you imagine? Oh, my gosh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start the line. Um, with our names in full, shall we? Yeah, the book. definitely. Jane Webster was sitting at her podcast <laughs> desk when blah, 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 blah. That's right. <laughs> Just like you love. Yeah. Um, so Stuff You Should Know, it's an incomplete compendium of mostly interesting things. So I really like this podcast because they do little deep dives into really strange, like big things, little things, obscure little things. Um, so they dig into the underlying stories of everything from the origin of Murphy Beds to the history of facial hair, to the psychology of being lost. What's a Murphy bed? They're those beds that are like cupboards and oh, come they come down. out of the wall. Yeah, we oh. don't really have them here, but you see them on American TV. Right. Yeah. Um, so little funny stories like that. So I imagine it's lots of little chapters about interesting things. So that's um, obviously coming out for Christmas. It's obviously the kind of thing that, you know, 
people are going to buy for their husbands and and whatnot. And people they don't know what to buy for. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But that looks quite um, fun. Um, Another one from Ashet is by Gina Wilkinson called When the Apricots Bloom. Have you heard of this book coming out? Um, It's about three three women confront the complexities of trust, friendship and motherhood under the rule of a dictator in this debut inspired by the author's own experiences in Iraq. Oh, wow. So Gina Wilkinson, she's a um, former journalist, former foreign correspondent. She spent um, more than a year living in Baghdad under Saddam Hussein um, when Iraq was pretty much sealed off from the outside world. One of her closest friends ended up being um, a secret police informant reporting on ev- on all of her all of Gina's movements. Wow. Um, she now works in international development and supporting efforts to end poverty. Um, so this is a debut novel. Um, it sounds quite interesting, but I, I do wonder if she's going to encounter some of the same issues that you know American Dirt and um, what's the other one that we had recently that had a little bit of... Oh, yes. Uh, um, Burnt Sugar. Burnt Sugar, whether there's going to be any issues with it. It sounds like a lovely book, though. Mm. Um, and she has lived there and spent time there. So I yeah, yeah, it seems like she would be a person who would know and also being yeah. a journalist. Yeah, that's um. right. So this, this sounds lovely. Mm. Um, J.P. Pomar, I think that's how you say the name who wrote Call Me Evie and In the Clearing. Yes. Um, Tell Me Lies is coming out. So a new thriller. Um, you've read both of those, haven't no, you? No, I haven't. I have them on my... <laughs> <laughs> if it's sitting on, on my bedside table. Yes, for a very long time. So he's a he's a he's an Australian author. So Tell Me, um, Call Me Evie and in, in the Clearing have been really, you know, kind of sleeper hits really like they keep popping up people really have liked them i haven't yes. read them because they're scary um <laughs> but this one's a new one that's coming out so that might be um a good one if you're into that sort of thing um mave binchy oh she's got a book coming out called mave binchy's treasury this sounds very sweet jane are you yeah, sure no. you want to be spooking this one <laughs> Well, people love Maeve Binchy. Mm. Um, so this is a collection of over 40 stories um, and eight autobiographical vignettes celebrating um, one of the world's most well-known, most popular storytellers. Mm. Um, so that's an Alan and Unwin book that's coming out this month. Now, this one, we talked about this, I think, and I don't know if we mentioned it on the podcast, but You Exist Too Much. I'll show you the cover. Okay. By um, sounding familiar. Zania Arafat. This is one I think we almost chose. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we almost chose it as one of our podcast books. Yeah, so that's um, out this month. And I think maybe that's why we didn't end up going with it because it, hadn't, it wasn't even out when we were looking at it, maybe. But was it a shortlisted or longlisted for something? Maybe it was. I think for the booker? Maybe it was a booker shortlist. Mm. We'll, we'll check on that. Mm. So this is told in vignettes that flash between the US and the Middle East. Um, it's a powerful debut novel, they're saying, that traces her protagonist's progress from blushing teen to creative and confused adulthood. So it's, I'm not going to say it's a coming of age, but it seems more of a... After a coming of age, maybe. Yeah, that sort of next, that next stage, Mm. you know, where you really truly find find yourself. Um, So that sounds lovely. And we both liked the sound of that, but we We obviously didn't um, pick it because we chose burnt sugar. Yeah, and it was partially because we couldn't get it yeah. soon enough. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, so there are just a couple of things that are coming out this month. Very nice. Yeah. Shall we announce our January book? Yes, let's do it. So our January book 
Jane and I kept seeing this book um, popping up around the place, and it's got a very compelling, bright um, cover. Mm. I feel like that's part of what it is. Yeah, um, and a strange title. And a strange title. It is Smart Ovens for Lonely People by Elizabeth Tan. And I have a little blurb about it. Conspiracies, memes, and therapies of various efficacy underpin this beguiling short story collection from Elizabeth Tan. The titular story, A Cat-Shaped Oven, tells a depressed woman she doesn't have to be sorry anymore. A Yortopia bespoke terraria employee becomes paranoid about the mounting coincidences in her life. Four girls gather to celebrate their underwear in Happy Smiling Underwear Girls Party, a hilarious takedown of saccharine <laughs> advertisements. With her trademark wit and slicing social commentary, Elizabeth Tan's short stories are as funny as they are insightful. This collection cements her role as one of Australia's most inventive writers. I'm excited about this I one. I don't know. It says it's funny. And whenever it says it's funny, we never find it funny. That's true. <laughs> and also That's we true. talked about how the last time we read a short story anthology, um, yeah. it didn't go very well. You hated it. And I was moderately okay with it. Which was um, Certain American States yeah. by Catherine Lacey. Was that last year? I think it was Must last year. Yeah. 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 Um, but hopefully we'll... Yeah, this is our only second short story yeah. one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, so we'll see how we go. And it's Australian, so yeah. I feel like that's good. And it sounds a bit weird and quirky. Mm. I mean, that doesn't appeal to some people. <laughs> <laughs> quirky, when you say that something's quirky, like, ooh. <laughs> Just mean it's weird and yeah. bad. <laughs> we'll find out. Now, also, we are going to be having our end-of-year roundup. Yes. Um, episode special episode in a couple of weeks so stay tuned for that yeah um what are we gonna pick what are we gonna, gonna be pick? our favorites <laughs> that'll not be fun no it's, <laughs> oh, it's already like midnight library is not on my list <laughs> i didn't say that <laughs> you said it with your eyes which is how we have to say everything now that we're wearing masks <laughs> so we'll see you in a fortnight yep subscribe to the podcast join our facebook group Happy reading. This, you know, <laughs> what do I want? Oh, oh, oh no, it's full. Oh, it came oh. off. <laughs> oh, no. I broke oh, it. No. <laughs> Wrecking the joint. What happened? Oh, does it just slide out? What are you doing? That's not right. Is that not right? <laughs> oh. Mm. Well, here's Ben to save us. And then you go here, I'm like, oh, no. It's because the table. Ben to the rescue. Definitely.